Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stat 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. I'll have my revenge and Deathstalker, too. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, there are inferior films. All right, what's going on, everyone? It's your host, Chris, at Inside the Sequel. You know what this podcast is. It's the ultimate, like, I guess, goaded destination for sequel movies to be housed and praised. Um, but today's episode, it might break that barrier. I'm not quite sure. Uh, because today's episode is on the 2018 sequel, found footage sequel, uh, Hell House 2. This hotel has a long history of unexplained events being caught on camera. Why do they guard it so much if they're saying there's nothing wrong with it? I don't believe in ghost stories, but I don't want to take any chances with you guys. We're going to be in and out in an hour, tops. These poor individuals who have gone missing were amateur ghost hunters, not trained professional investigators. Miss Fox, you've been missing for five days now. Can you tell us anything you remember of how you wound up walking along on the side of the road tonight? Can you tell us anything about where you've been since last Sunday? And for this movie, I thought it'd be really great to bring in the only person I know on this planet that's mentioned talk, uh, seen, watching this movie. And uh, I'm excited about it because the way he described it um, already got me wanting to watch it. And then when I realized it was a trilogy, I was like, fucking goaded, let's go. Um, and that is from one of the three main members of the terror table. It's making his third appearance on Inside the Sequel. So bless his soul. Um, he probably has... Uh, I'm turning this into a trilogy. There you go. He's coming back. If you can tell from his voice, that is uh, Anthony Buziak, a.k.a. Boozy, a.k.a. Um, Simpsons Meme Stan, a.k.a. Meme Lord of IG and Night of the Living Deadlift. How many more times not, has he got? I'm not worthy. Um, wow. I, I don't know. It, it just seems like a lot of those you just you just made up. But I mean, I'll take them. <laughs> yeah I, I like to like to build my boys up you know before they have to you know i appreciate just how much love you you throw down for your boys all the time like you ride or die for like all your homies and i really appreciate that that's that is uh, not something that all your homies do and you, you know more homies should be encouraging their homies i just have a deep and profound appreciation and love for my fellow man you know like the boys need to get built up from time to time because we tear ourselves down and now we're in that process of building each other back up. You yeah, know, it's, you know, you always, it's always like the girls being like, you go sis. It's like, you know, I want to, I want to tell my bros, like you go bro. Yeah. I, my favorite battle cry is get them sis. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear that. I'm like, uh Oh, shit's about to be laid. Um, 
but no boozy thanks for coming right coming back man um thank you for asking me i don't i don't know why you keep asking me to come back i don't feel like i'm a great uh guest but i'm excited to be back yeah it is weird like you've been on a three this is your third one mitch has been on here and kyle is still yet to make his appearance look it's um it's kind of like what would i describe it it's like an albino anything when like kyle goes on something because it's so rare you know what he just he just did one like a little while ago. And I think that's the first podcast he's done since he joined the terror table. So it's like, okay. So maybe now that the seal's broken, you can get in on that. Cause he has a lot of weird things to say too. I'm, I know. And that, he's like the, an enigma for me. Whenever I hear him on the podcast and it's like, Hey, it's Mitch and Kyle. I'm like, where's booze. But then there's like, Oh, just Mitch and Kyle. It's like, all right, let's see what, Kyle is going to do. And then he always like cracks me up with his subtle humor where Mitch and him in the latest episode with Lindsay, where they talked about Lake Manungo. Like Mungo. Yeah. Mungo. I haven't seen it clearly. You and, just add uh, an extra stuff to that one. <laughs> and uh, they're talking about how running scared is blown up Twitter, the Paul Walker film, which to me is kind of like, okay, we're just trying to be nuanced here with this. But anyway, Kyle's like, oh yeah, I love the movie. But he's like, actually, no opinion. I don't want to be associated with whatever's going on with film Twitter. And I was like, you know what? I fucking respect that energy. You know, just like taking the neutral ground, not taking I... any stance. Isn't it kind of, it's kind of um, sad in a way that, that usually film Twitter is so negative that he just wants to make sure he has no part of it. But at the same time, like everybody from an outside looks at that stuff. Like I think film Twitter is kind of hilarious. It's like film Twitter is like a comfort blanket for me, regardless if it's positive or negative energy. I just want to wrap it around me and just be involved with it. You know, I, I find there's, um, there's an endless cycle of drama that comes with it, but it's all the most arbitrary. It's like people get mad that other people have opinions, so then they'll say their opinions. And then if someone like doesn't agree with them in the comments, then a bunch of other people give their opinion. It's, it's very weird because there's no, there's no like right answer. It's not like mathematical that you can say like yes or no to a thing. It's all just based on people's opinions, but they just, they get so like pitchfork and like torched about it. Yeah. Like I, that's why I fucking hate people who are like, my favorite movies are comic book movies. Like, you're only saying that to be popular. And then you're like, I love Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. And like you're just doing it to get clout. It's like, you know, it's like, that's how people yeah, see Those it. are good choices. <laughs> Like, I like how it's like, say that out loud. Somebody who likes those movies and you think they're crazy and acting cool about that. It's like, look yourself in the mirror. And then the other side is like, oh, they only love, you know, 90s Fincher movies. And, 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 you know, they love like watching anything on the Criterion. You know, it's like so, you know, toxic on both sides. And I just, I just like. Yeah, for the like, the the quote unquote, like I was cast ones that are like in the, the criteria and stuff, they get mad at like each other. It's it's like trying to find the the smallest like burrow of of nicheness to be like, no, I'm I'm more niche than you are. That's why I'm like, you know, people are always like, oh, like with the rise of TikTok. And you know, I'm on TikTok, mind you. And uh Dude, there's I, some it's it's hard not to like I have two accounts. Like I'm on TikTok. Like one of them's a thirst follow account and then the other Ooh. one is just film thirst following. And uh, just film- add the word in front, like a little bit of film, still thirst following. <laughs> and honestly, with the film thirst ones, it's all criterion ish and like horror bro stuff. And I'm like, right. <laughs> and I'm just like thinking, oh man, like if this was film Twitter, like 
comments like in there like these people would like be taking everything down <laughs> oh 100%. i also think it's um oh geez where was i going sorry we're just ranting that. and roasting people but i'm also happy that bullying is back you can just look at film twitter to see that and it's great yeah everyone talks about how like you have to stand up to bullying but then if, <laughs> if once again if someone says that like john wick 2 sucks then you you yell at them and call them an incel <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't understand it. Oh, okay, sorry. I, I do remember what I was uh, thinking about before. You can just delete that that dead air before. It's it's hard to trust somebody if they tell you your fa- their favorite film came out within like the last five years. It's like you haven't you haven't sat on this at all. That's yeah. that's a it's a weird decision to make. You know, I can't look back at anything in the last five years and be like, oh, this is I'm gonna base my personality around this or you know whatever. Fuck, that's deep, bro. <laughs> just m- much love between a couple of homies here having a deep conversation. I'm just saying that film hasn't been the same since COVID for me. I haven't been to a theater since Kong vs. Godzilla. And even then, I love the movie so much. Um, it felt weird being back in the theater and shit. So and th- even that was a while. Like, we're just getting to a point now. I think it was like last week where we don't have to wear masks in public here. Yeah. So just the, the idea of going to a theater, I don't remember the last thing I went to see in theater. It's been forever. And I feel weird because it's like I want to watch new movies and talk about them with friends mm-hmm. and stuff, but I'm more interested in like watching older movies at home and then talking about it on like Zoom or Skype with my Twitter friends. <laughs> I, Dude, like I, I prefer doing that more. I I, uh, I feel that deeply, and I I think that with uh, I got bored of like constant new things coming out that are all part of kind of the same universes. So I totally get where you're coming from. Is that obviously you know I'm not like a superhero guy, and I'm not big into like those universes, which is totally fine. Like whatever, if people like that. But I do get a lot more out of going on all these different sites and finding kind of those more obscure things and being like, hey, do you ever, you know, do you want to talk about Stephen King's The Night Flyer? It's like, if you want to go and talk about that, that'd be great. I don't want to talk about Iron Man. Next time I'm ever on the terror table, I'm having to like, I have like post-it notes and it's like one of them is like never bring up Stephen King movies. Cause like, I feel like that's just a whole episode in its own and I don't want it to ruin mine we all have opinions about it and then change our opinions all the time so it just if you start talking about it we'll have to adapt to whatever new opinion we have at that point um i'm really in a phase right now where i want to talk only with people about um horror or action movies that star an x or current wwe wrestler my first sequel movie i want to talk about is see no evil 2 with kane and then 13 rounds the sequel to 12 rounds with randy orton Randall Keith Orton. Yeah, that's. Oh my God! <laughs> my God! Um... Those move. There's been so many um rounds and they all have these different wrestlers and i don't understand if they're supposed to be part of the same agents is it like have you seen any of these i've seen 12 rounds okay is it like with john cena right and he's i'm assuming he survives at the end so but like is he part of an agency or is it just like he's like a cop who's like it's basically like a masochist like serial riddler type character makes him go through like it's kind of like seven in a way though too like where it's like he's making him go through these 12 rounds of like a sick game and having to survive 
Oh, yeah. that's what the 12... Oh, okay. yeah. I, I didn't know any. I thought it was just talking about that, like, someone had a gun that had 12 rounds, and that was the deal <laughs> with that. So apparently... I, I'm, I kind of wish that John Cena changed his finisher from the attitude adjustment to 12 rounds, and then he just, like, does it like once in a match and then does it a second and then when he's like finally at a pay-per-view he's like we're going to the 12th round you know and he's gonna hit like another they have to like build yeah they build up to that yeah i'm really i have peacock now and all i watch is the the wwe network um like i did when i was a kid and now i'm 25 doing that nice to see everybody get back into wrestling because honestly it's so good now wrestling is so good and it's so entertaining are you emo shaming? Basically, everyone's like, oh, I was always emo. I never left the scene. And now everyone's going no, to wrestling. I just, like, I, I never left the ring. <laughs> I, I obviously, like, I, I've even admitted before, there was, like, a, a large portion of time where I quit watching wrestling just because, like, it wasn't cool anymore, right? And it was just like, oh, don't, you know, you don't want to be that guy. And, yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm so into it again that it's, it's just like, man, live your life just enjoy wrestling there's we only have so many years of seth rollins being at the top of his game like we gotta you know and like how many years are we gonna have you know where with all these wrestlers that keep getting released like i want to see alistair black back you know and when when cm punk retired that was the day wrestling died for me unfortunately that's that's really deep. That's like when yeah. Bret Hart retired for me. That one hurt. Yeah. <laughs> both hey, an, both guys screwed over by the the company. Yeah. I was gonna ask, as an American, like, does Bret Hart mean anything to you guys? Fuck, dude, you... the Hitman is one of my favorite legends. No cap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's like. Yeah. Yeah. What a theme. If I was one of those kids getting those fucking shades, also those shades are coming back. The like Bret Hart handing them out to kids shades. I think the leotard is coming back too just in time like <laughs> i just want to dress like a wrestler even though i've never stepped well i have stepped like, okay you know you know I mean? yeah I, I mean i'm always kind of like thinking like you know these super masculine and buff dudes are wearing like the tightest clothes and like underwear and like leather boots and stuff and it's kind of like that bar scene in nightmare on elm street 2 and it's like nobody like all like the traditional people who follow the wwe wrestling who would be against right. those type of lifestyles are all about it and they're like yeah get your hands in between his legs and lift it up your head and stuff yeah. like that lock him into submission and stuff and it's like you know it, it's kind of funny to, to hear him talk like that but also it's like man if i see a sharpshooter on a guy i'm like let's go and, and it's the same thing as like you can tell when you see a bad one like i've, I've seen like a bad texas cloverleaf before and i'm just like what are you doing like perry saturn would be really upset if he saw this uh we need to have a wrestling episode where just you you and me or if you know any other wrestling state nathan jones is actually a big wrestling guy the, too the beast of bugger road <laughs> youtuber not related to the wrestler nathan jones okay i'm sorry we were talking about wrestling and as soon as you said nathan jones i'm like <laughs> beast of bugger road of course like uh, my favorite thing with Nathan, like on the, uh, we have a chat, I'll personally message him and I'll, I'll text him, mind you, just text him. So you can't hear the audio. I'll text him what JR would say in a comment and then I'll let him fill in the Jerry, the King Lawler um, responses to it. And then we'll like, you just, just hit him going. with like layups and hope that he, he smacks it. Like that son of a bitch. He's got a family for God's <laughs> sakes. And <laughs> Does does he ever just hit you back with like a, a puppies Jr. puppies? Exactly, is it's the natural response. I think you could stab one of us. Let's let him go. 
everybody has one sketchy friend in their group and it's always like somebody else's friend that got brought in and they just haven't done anything sketchy like around you guys yet you see that's how i feel when it's like a three-way conversation i have with like daniel and mitch or like any other podcaster that's in our guild um and i'm the one that's also being brought in i feel like that's the kid because when i talk they all they act quiet and let me speak and i'm like i think they're afraid of me or of what i'm gonna say so yeah maybe you you bring that like that joker energy of of like you're sitting there and you're just gonna burst if someone says something wrong you know well, like it's definitely because i use a dslr as my camera not just my webcam on my computer i think it's the I mean, intimidation that is a big flex <laughs> for those who are curious that like what what goes on in a call if you are curious you should uh, ask to be a guest on here sometime and uh, yeah. mitch thinks i'm still always like wearing no pants when i record still so i've never recovered from I mean, that from a reputation I, standpoint. I don't want to like call you out but I did see a little bit of leg before <laughs> when we started and I like I can only see you towards her up so not another conforming or deny what else is going on here yeah I I'm, I'm a big big pusher of the five inch short movement for men like I think five yes, inch shorts are let like, me see more leg yeah I'm like I think I think it's also like how tall are you uh I'm 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 uh I'm five eight. Okay, okay. Well, no, no. This is whatever. I'm like I'm like five nine, five ten, like around there. But it's like the you you will get this then. Like the higher shorts, you you show a little bit more leg. It looks like you're taller. You're not just this little torso. <laughs> I don't One, know about you, but like I feel taller. Some parts of me think like they're five inch short. So what does that mean in relation to like Shmi? like Whoa. with inches like it's do you have to measure of... base to get how much room does it need to have no, no, no. like shorts, i'm sure know? it just it just curls around like how like a soft serve ice cream i'm assuming so you don't have to worry about the short length like that's why i always think older mystery. guys are bigger than me it's because they all still rock the 11 and 9 inch shorts like they need the room they need the room <laughs> <laughs> let it breathe <laughs> I'm sure people are listening like, what the hell is how hell house? What are we, yeah, what are we talking about? But here's the thing. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, the first hell house that came out in 2015, I think it was. What a fucking uh you know what, sir? I congratulate you. That was an amazing segue. Yeah, because they're all a bunch of friends that shooting the shit, you know, and you know, right. just talking about random stuff. And it's a found footage movie. And Boozy, I don't know if I've uh, I've heard you talk about this on the terror because I I stalk you guys on the terror table like I listen to your episodes and like laugh out loud and then catch the small little conversations you have to like piece together what my impression of your tastes and personalities outside the mic are and right. uh, I don't know if I ever actually heard you talk about like found footage films before so I was curious like are you a big fan of those movies I I think honestly I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of those. Um, I think out of anybody, I don't know if the, the other guys would agree with me, but like out of anyone at the terror table, I'm the most, I, like Mitch loves found footage, but I, I feel like he still has a little bit of like, what would the word be? He he holds it to a certain standard of like, it has to be of a certain quality where, where I can kind of get down with those, those films that maybe don't have that as much polish. And I, I like, I love those because I think there's something very, if you can immerse me enough to be like, I'm a person running around with a camera and some wild shit's happening. I'm like, I'm there for it. I think that's always a fun concept. And I think that's a great way to, for people to tell stories and get these cool stories out, even if they don't have the budget for it. No, I'm glad how you said that. Like it gives people the the chance and opportunity. Cause the, that I agree though. The way I look at movies is like, I'm in, 
well not maybe not now like now i i can i watch movies a little different than i was growing up but growing up a lot of my favorite movies um and the movies that scared me a lot like were found footage movies because like totally. the pov you know and it's submersing yourself in it you think about like video games you know like those first person um horror video games get so much attention because you know you're subversed in it and i think that's really good and i think it's an art style that is easy to easy to criticize but i feel like there's a lot more work that goes into them that's given credit i i really i don't think people understand like yes you can have these kind of more boring i guess or uh, kind of drivel found footage that it's just you we've all seen the ones where it's, it's somebody running around in the forest for half an hour like there's like Blair Witch that has yeah. that concept, but does it well. There's a ton of movies that did the, the same idea of just, oh, we're trying to find something in the woods and we run around forever and it, it doesn't work. But I agree with you. And I think it is the point of putting you constantly in that position of you only have one dimension of what you're seeing. So you're forced to sit with that. I think, and, and that's not, um, there's a lot of horror movies now that like you're not traditional found footage uh you know just your standard movie where they kind of sh they show so many different angles of things so you kind of get an idea of where uh i guess danger is which is something you're never afforded in found footage actually i, I really relate to that i really enjoy that mm -hmm. and i think <sighs> found footage films uh, it sounds weird to i don't know how i'm gonna say this but like i get with traditional movies like you have actors playing characters you know so you have like different types of characters and tropes and stuff in found footage movies the thing i really enjoy about them is i feel like they're not actors they're just genuine people in front of the camera acting how any of us would if we were there with friends so that camaraderie that that non-verbal camaraderie in the movies I really enjoy because I feel like I'm a part of that group and maybe it's because I don't have any friends at all, but I, and I just kind of like to subvert myself in other groups. Um, but like with found footage movies, like I, I feel like, yeah, the one who's recording, that could be me next to him getting all scared, you know? And, and, and like yeah. the horror that they pretend to have with just a shadow in front of them. It's like, yeah, like I'm all about that shit. And, and I always, yeah. I do, uh, there's always that thing about like, Oh, why wouldn't the person just, just drop the camera, you know, all the semantics of yeah. well, how did they find the footage or why didn't you drop it? It's, it's like, I don't know. Some of these situations I probably would be like, you know, if I'm holding a camera, <laughs> like I gotta, I gotta get some of this. If I, you know, someone's gotta see this. Uh, but a few found footage movies. Um, if you have any opinions on them, please let me know. Mm -hmm. Um, just, I, I thought it'd be cool since hell house LLC, they came out in 2015. It, um, it got a lot of, great reception it did really well um and it surprisingly, kind of surprisingly surprisingly yeah. like you... I, I remember when uh it it first kind of came out we actually had a couple of our listeners just kind of offhandedly mention and i have like i have a huge list of movies and i'll just i'll just keep writing them down of like if people are like oh you might like this so it, it kind of got to a point where eventually i did get to it but yeah i remember right when it first came out i had people being like yeah this is really good and it's found footage and just for whatever reason, I was like, I don't need this in 2015 right now. Like, <laughs> 2015, Anthony doesn't want to watch this. <laughs> but it did so well. And I felt like the late 2000s and early 2010s is when, like, the height of found footage movies. Well, that was all, yeah. Anything, like, post-Cloverfield for, like, that four <laughs> to five years was like, yeah. holy shit, we can do this. Mm -hmm. I went ahead and jot jotted down a few of my favorites. Okay. Um, so I, I, I put Wreck um, in there. I think Wreck is better than Quarantine. 
um, the American ones. Um, so I really enjoyed Rack. Do you um, like Do you like Quarantine? I thought that one like it wasn't terrible, but I, I do understand that like if you're comparing those two, that Rack is mm-hmm. better. Well, I like Rack one and two. I never saw the third one. Um, and then I saw Quarantine one and two. One is good, but two is not. That's the only difference I have between the two. I like the setting of Rack more. Um, I don't like the the airport much as a as a setting right. in the quarantine movies. Um, but yeah, so I got wreck. I got the paranormal activity. I personally like the marked ones because it's the only one with the Hispanic family and their whole, I guess, marketing for this movie was like, we're going to get, you know, we're going to put in the trailer Spanish speaking, um, characters when they see a ghost or something scary. Right. And then it's so like, you're, that's you're our- enjoying the, re- the representation of this. Yeah. Please inside now. Did someone die? I saw myself. The lady who got killed, she lives right under me. Yeah, like the subtle racism and like the tropes that Hispanics have with uh with like demons and stuff, that's gonna get white people in the seats, and I'm like yeah, this is a good look for us. Like this is gonna this is gonna be sleek, you know. Can you? Okay, I haven't actually seen that one because I, I you know, I inevitably it has nothing to do with it. it was a. It's just, <laughs> there's so many of these fucking things. I just I, I got washed out on it. Um, yeah. How is the marked one? Because I always laughed at the idea of the whole point of paranormal activity is you can't see. You know, it's the whole like things are moving and you can't see anything. So it's it just I think it's hilarious that they're like throw that idea out see everything well it was kind of like a soft reboot because it's called the mm-hmm. marked ones and they have a different family instead of the stupid story they were following with the first cup three but uh I, I enjoyed they had some really good elements to it but overall it's still a paranormal activity movie and it tries to create a it cr- tries to create a multiverse you know before mcu really hammered that idea which i i gave it props for but it falls flat um, I definitely saw some traits of like family members on my Hispanic side in that movie. So that was always kind of comforting. Um, but yeah, I, Paranormal Activity. This is a comfort it, movie for you. <laughs> like home. Uh, but no, Paranormal Activity, it feels to me like those Conjuring movies and like Insidious movies. And like, it felt like it was the standard of like the whole, of that type of subgenre, similar it's, to how like so, those movies. Yeah, it's so funny that you'll, you'll see over time is that these, these franchises pop up and that will, yeah, be kind of your what quote unquote standard. Like I, I do consider the last couple of years, it's been or for the however how long it's been all these conjuring movies whether it be in the actual conjuring you know or all mm-hmm. these, the annabelles and however many other things that's kind of like the quote-unquote standard it does feel like it's like the hot toy line right now yeah yeah and it feels like this is like the studio version of it it's not like right. an indie it's not low budget or anything but uh so yeah that's the one of them i have to mention zombie diaries and a diary of the dead um which one of them is a romero film the other one is just a found footage zombie movie zombie diaries i really enjoy that and it had a sequel that was pretty good too um both pov which is great uh grave encounters one and two is another soft one i have from in my heart for (laughs) they're absolutely correct they're not like they're not awful i just always i always um what would the word be i credit them with being part of that big like spooky eyes where it's the giant black eyes and the giant black mouth thing that was like for a while it was like everyone has to do that to be spooky and i always whether it was grave encounters or not it always just felt like because of them that that was like the thing hot thing for a while 
it was always like the bad guy, like the villain in the movies um, with that was like anything with a green, with the, the green screen POV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was like, the, like, I'm pretty sure zero dark 30 stole that idea from grave encounters later on for when they <laughs> filmed those zombie bin Laden killing. I'm pretty sure that's where it came from. I, you know, that, that does sound right. There's a, the whole time I was watching grave encounters is like, I hope they could turn this into killing Osama somehow. <laughs> I, they're going to steal our night vision idea. Um, hot hot idea yeah uh, i mean you get things like now like the found footage is moved on from cameras now to like webcams and computer povs which i think is really good so you get something like searching which i think kind of set the this is what like a really good movie could do with this aspect and i john cho was great in that and then my last actually went to see sorry i went to see searching in theaters i remember that that was actually a pretty cool movie that they they did keep going between all these things so that you never left a screen but you were always somewhere within the story yeah and if if i feel like that kind of pushed the already set standard of pov with a camera it just it moves it now because like i think the unfriended movie did the whole you know skype call like template and stuff and you know and i think that was a big thing is uh without covid we wouldn't have had so many movies that kind of use that there's like a zoom call movie you know it's all these different kind of concepts is that people had to get creative, which I think is really cool, but I, I hope we don't just stick with technology that way. I, I don't know. I, I still want to see some camera stuff. The only thing that hard, it's hard for me to believe with that is like these high schoolers use Skype. I never use Skype through high school ever to call my friends. You is know? Skype not cool? I think it's... Is, is, I feel like Zoom is like the the like big brother one where it's, it's like <laughs> we're having a meeting on Zoom versus like we're hanging out on Skype. I'm only copying Zoom from like the more professional podcasters like Daniel and Michael Scott and the Atkinson Suite. I'm just copying them because if they're successful with that and they use Zoom, I need to be using Zoom if I want to be successful. It's the whole, you know, following your heroes and shit. Um, but Step the- one, <laughs> Zoom. Step two, profit. <laughs> and let me just bring it all back home with uh, two of my personal favorite um, found footage movies that don't get enough credit, but it's definitely Apollo 18 and Megan is Missing. Don't those movies do not get Dude, enough love. Um, I love that you said Apollo 18. Yeah. Like I, the- everyone hated that movie, but I thought it was a fun, like cool little film. But and I like the idea of it. Yeah. Oh, well, you're the only person I know that's actually seen it and likes I it. I own so. it. Oh, I thank God. I, I, I found it. I found like a five dollar copy at Walmart. And I was like, of course. It's the movie that really pushed me to to do like more history checking on like like the Apollo 13 and like just NASA yeah, and stuff. I, Cause like, I was like, I think so it's very unaware. interesting. Hey, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what the numbers are. And like, is this, I actually thought after watching Apollo 18, it was the real, like there was a really Apollo 18 that this happened and stuff. It like was the one that says based on, you know, actual events, you like, know, cause it has that I opening. Think it, was, it wasn't just because the fact that they brought back some moon rocks and that yeah. was like a thing. And some of them got stolen. So then they were like, Oh, maybe they grew legs. Yeah. Anyway, that ending of that movie really shook me. Um, and it, it, I do like Apollo 18. It's in space. It has that dead space vibe. Um, right, we should do a review of that. It'll be like there, it'll be probably the only one out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Megan is missing. I'm pretty sure Mitch loves that movie too. Right. <laughs> Yes, that's um, is is that actually that one's not based on true events as well. I mean, that... it's based on true things that happen to people. Like right, it's not one girls. specific thing though, right? No, no, it it it, it is a pretty grotesque found footage mm-hmm. movie though. Like it's it's a hard stomach movie for me, but I still haven't said that one's another one on my list I haven't seen. Yeah, you should <laughs> you should like watch it by yourself and then not be scared because it's like you'll have <laughs> trust issues after. <laughs> 
Um, do you mind if I throw in two of my favorites? Please because do. Because nobody ever talks about them, and I just I want to be that Twitter guy that's like, well, actually, I have this obscure movie. You should... So um, I just want to say Australia's The Tunnel. We did a, an episode on it because I insisted. I think it's it's actually terrifying. That's one of those found footage movies you can watch in the dark, and I actually got a lot out of that one. Um, and then the other one is from, oh, God, I can't remember what year it's from, but it's The Bay. Dude, Mitch told me I need to watch The Bay. Dude, you need to watch the Bay. It's it's fantastic, and it's it's um, you know, I think yeah, for like twenty twelve, it was it was using a lot of the ideas that you're seeing now, like using um, security footage and like CCTV that sort of thing, nice, and using nice. all these different kind. Yeah, so it's not just telling you this like one camera person story. It's it's showing you this this grand scope of what's happening on this island. I think you'd really like. That. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, need to, I do have that on my queue. So I, I I'm, now that you've also said the Bay, it's like I guess I definitely need to just watch cool. it. And those those are two movies that actually like do scare me because they're about things that terrify me. So is the tunnel on Tubi? Tunnel? I don't. I, you know what? I You're like, hold on, it. let me open up my book. Let me see. <laughs> I mean, Tubi thing. I actually believe that because I I went out and actually found a copy, but I believe it's available on YouTube. Oh no! Yeah, nobody's pulled it down. It's enough there. That's like the first time I watched it. I'm pretty sure it was just on YouTube. So nice. Well, definitely gonna check those out. And I like how you said the different aspects of this um, with Hell House. The first one, you, it's all on camera. Like it's a it's a guy holding um, a, a decent camera and following um, these friends who own like a small terror uh, haunted house company, and yeah. they they nestle inside a, a hotel and like, I think it's like the new new England area and they call it hell house. And that's the premise basically. Right. And then, and yeah, it's like this, this hotel that's that some weird stuff has happened and people have been murdered or went missing. And just because of that over time, they closed it down and yeah, they, then they decide that these people decide they're going to rent it and start this spooky little <laughs> haunted house thing. And it, it's, it looks like they do a pretty good job. Like they, they have a little bit of a budget for the, the haunted house itself. Cause like I, I worked at one for, for a little bit. And I figured, I wasn't wondering if you, I was like, if anybody would work at something like this, it would be someone like Boozy. Yeah. I did one, one Halloween, one October. I worked at a, a haunted house and it was a lot of fun. I dressed up as Michael Myers and scared people. Hell yeah. Wait, <laughs> wait, did you have like the, the nice suit that said, Oh, do you want to get Randy baby? Do you want to shag? <laughs> And they're like I, running the fuck away. They're like, oh no, it's the wrong one. It's the <laughs> weird one that we don't like. If I was going to do any Michael Myers, it, oh, what was that one? It was like the love guru. Oh my God. Yeah, I would just dress up like that one and everyone would be like, but I just yeah. want to say, do you think that, like, this is a personal question because uh, we both don't like The Rock, right? If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Oh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, nah, dude, Stone Cold forever. Okay, so my question is: Do you think he regrets making Skyscraper? <laughs> like, like besides the fact that it was like a paycheck, do you think he was like, "What the fuck was that"? I, I, I don't know. I think it was to push the, um, the, the, the infrastructure industry. Honestly, that's why he made the movie because he did that and Rampage, which is about tearing down big buildings and yeah, you know. Yeah, but there was never like a Skyscraper Friend sixty four. There was Rampage Friend 64. So, I mean, I can at least see that. I didn't Whenever. see Skyscraper, but I knew I didn't need to watch Skyscraper. And I've heard from some people who love it. But that's also, if you're, like, you're an action fan, you're going to love it. But 
I don't know. The, to How me, much the, stuff can he do with a crane? Like, <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, it looked like it was part of the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, it's, it's just like him swinging around on a crane. It's. I, I hope don't, somebody I, was certified on that set. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, the Rock's filmography for me, like very sus. I like his earlier stuff more than his newer stuff, and I will I stand like, on a yeah, pole he, and he say was, I'm never gonna do. Um, a Jumanji two episode on here ever, like I just <laughs> won't ever happen. I, I feel like you're totally right. Is at the start he he like wasn't overexposed and it was like oh he's funny and doing one liners and punching bad guys like he had like some Indiana Jones vibes and then he just turned into like your not funny uncle all of a sudden and it was just everywhere. It's <laughs> yeah, like, it's because know, like he, he was... got a divorce and like moved into your house and like go away. <laughs> And he keeps hanging out with the younger kids and saying he's going to kick their ass yeah. next year. And then yeah. he doesn't. And yeah. he just has like this like rivalry with this other bald, like Vin Diesel guy. And you're like, who cares? You're both bald. Just yeah. Sharing, you know, sharing the sweet comforts of not having hair. So I don't fuck with bald cinema, man. Like, I just don't watch bald cinema. Guys who are bald and hard asses, I don't. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like the short guy syndrome for me, you know, for right. my five foot it's, six and under boys. Like you scare me a little bit, you know? Yeah, that's, it's like watching WWE because when I was growing up, I was like, there's nobody for me to really relate to. And then they finally brought out Hornswog. And I was like, finally, someone the same height as me. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, like my favorite part of The Rock is when like he was doing those early action movies. Because to me, that was the Brahma Bull Rock, you know, it wasn't like Samoa yeah. Tattoo rock oh you mean yeah when he came back as like hollywood rock and he had that shitty tattoo and then he's just consistently gotten worse since then (laughs) i've always wondered what he's smelling because i'm like i'm not i'm not i'm not feeling you man yeah i'm I'm drinking the the bud lights with with the bls with stone cold but i'm not smelling what's going on over here that's right that's right favorite 90s wrestler real quick do you have one do you have like a 90s wrestler like that's my guy oh other than bret hart yeah like the Attitude Era, I should say. Like WWF, Dude. Monday Night Wars. Like who's that? Who's that guy for you? Is it is it wild that like? Okay, if you if you want to like, can I say WCW guys then? If we're talking like oh Wars, oh you shit, have to be WWE. Yeah. well because like I'm, Diesel? I'm a huge no, no 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 close. I'm a huge Razor Mark. Yeah yeah Scott Hall, dude. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, you, it's uh, the wildest stuff is like, <laughs> now we're going back to talking wrestling. If you ever like listen to any of like his interviews and stuff, this dude like knew so much about like the psychology and everything. And like, you think he like didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He was brilliant. Uh, but real quick, since it turned into a WWE Network uh, podcast episode yep. um, with the Hell House LLC, it basically they build the, the haunted house and we follow like the cameraman because he's the one that's seeing all these things like there. It's a really good hotel that's uh, not hotel, but um, a haunted house that's being built like they're doing it all by scratch. It's just a bunch of friends hanging out with each other. And, and that's stuff. what I mean. Besides like it even just being the premise of the movie is like when they're building it, like I'd go through that house. It looks great. Yeah, like they do a good job. And then he realizes that there are like some weird oddities like their their mannequins are being moved around and he thinks like he looks at something and it's not there anymore it's very subtle it's slower paced and like it's 
um, reveals on what's going on. But when they do happen, it does feel really weird. Like it feels like you're actually in like this person's basement or this hotel's basement when these happen. Um, but that's it. It's really just, just a kind of like supernatural elements. And then at the end, uh, well, well, with the beginning and the end, they show you that like news coverage about this event has happened. And then you get to see different places of when the event happened where a bunch of people died in the basement. And, and I thought that's really cool. Cause like, I don't remember much of the character names, but I remember the different, like people were like, this is how it looked from this angle. This is how yes, everything yeah. is happening. at in Which Dominic. is a great secondary way to, to give you that information. Like you said, that you don't remember their names, but you remember enough to be like, Oh, okay. This person did this just based on looking at them. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it kind of ends in a way where it's like, it's a mystery. Nobody knows what really happened down there until like the end of the movie, you kind of get an idea, like something, otherworldly happened but that's it it's nothing like big reveal like it's just kind of like a, a what if it feels like a feels like if you're watching one of those early 2000s youtube documentaries like like people find like talking about this event that actually happened you know and it's like a 30 minute video that's what this movie felt like and it was done really well and and then after that movie ends i was wondering like how are they going to do another another one you know like a sequel so the, the the second one came out 2018. So it's like, what, four years later or three years later? Um, and I, it's 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 more... a fairly quick turnaround for something so small. Yeah, and, and, and it's directed by the same guy, Stephen Cognetti. And from reading about him and like the success of the Hell House LLC movie and him, he already had an idea for a trilogy while making that first movie, which he does. He directs all three. Um, he and he was like knowing what he wanted the center story of like this hotel, the Abignail Hotel, which is funny. It's called Hell House LLC. Technically, Wait, I just think the Abaddon Hotel. The Abaddon Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? What? Well, oh, you were like adding an extra. I, I'm just like I'm trying to remember, like. Am I? Is that how you? We should check out. I don't. I'm pretty oh, sure it's Abaddon. It's the Abaddon Hotel. I just pronounce <laughs> things horribly. That's just really how what it comes Sorry, down I, to. I don't mean to. I don't mean to flex on you. <laughs> But it's like that's like the main thing of this whole franchise or trilogy is that is that hotel. But they keep using the name Hell House LLC is like the company name from the first movie, which is funny because of the second one. Now, first of all, the production values are a lot different. It, it's it's more digital. It's less like more camera focus. It's more digital, like um, people sitting in front of green screens doing like fake um which morning man, news that, that green screen yeah like it's all morning news um green screens and fake interviews and like you know they like they put up shots of like other people like it's weird because it's like there's no like band of friends of the second one it's just all about um it's the these survivor. Like, small groups yeah these like small groups of people explaining their story yeah i guess the survivor it would be yeah, and his name's Ka- his last name's Kavanaugh, Mitchell Kavanaugh, and I was like, "Ooh, this last name doesn't really age well already." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he he's on there like defending like um, himself because he was accused of killing his friends, even though nobody can like put out an a- definitive answer what happened to the people in the first movie. And now everyone's like, "Oh, we gotta go to the second. We gotta go back and like maybe we'll find things and shit." And then you get a bunch of cutaways in the movie um to other people's pov shots of going in the hotel and it's like 
it's like okay it's like if tiktokers or influencers went, went to the yeah. app and nail i kind of i kind of liked that that they it was just this amalgamation of like we're also going to the house hey what's up we're going to the house too like um what did you actually really liked when you're kind of mentioning the tiktoker thing is that that guy who goes live who sneaks in and by sneaks in he literally just like walks up to it yeah but i thought that was a really cool scene when they have like him frozen and they were like this this video hasn't been altered at all and it's just been standing there i thought that was really cool yeah that's kind of the element that works for it but i see a lot of negative talk about it when i want, go mm-hmm. on youtube and listen to reviews for hell house llc because that's what i do for homework I, I i go on youtube and i see what a commu- the youtube community says about these movies i'm about to defend or praise and you know i hear these negative talks they don't like how there's a lot of cutaways and like editor notes in the screen on the screen like it'll say like right. instead of showing what happens it'll have like it, they, kind of, they kind of force yeah they kind of force your perspective that way or force the story instead of letting it progress like how you're saying it's just like let's just add some titles at the bottom and now we know where we're going again which i can see it being really frustrating doing that in the movie versus with the first one being all in all in front of you but mm-hmm. to me, it was kind of like a little bit more scary because it just explains it. Like I said, he was found killed with this or what, you know, yada, yada. And then it cuts to the next group of people. To mm-hmm. me, it kind of felt unsettling because like they'll show the image more in a still and zoom in and then it'll go to a, a transition. It, it, yeah, it reminds me of those like um, those the shows where they're looking for like ghosts and stuff in, in old castles. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll stop and they're like, oh, there was a thing of light. And, and then they'll zoom in on it. And it's just this kind of fuzzy picture of something. And I'm a sucker for those. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I, think... I think it must be something with that. Like if you like those things, then Hell House is for you. Yeah. And I, I do like ghost adventures. I, I do. I, I know it's BS for the most part, but I do really enjoy like the hunt and the mystery of it. And that's kind of the fault of this second movie is that instead of leaving the mystery be like in the first one, it really tries hard to explain the mystery and gives this world so much more than maybe even needs to, because you're meeting all these characters and everything is on the focal point of this news interview while that's going on the entire time. It's giving you clips that happen later after the interview and like during the interview, because it's like groups of people going to find out what's going on with the hotel. And then it's like the same group that's being interviewed we're seeing them while they're being interviewed when they like, eventually go back. And it's, it's kind of hard to track at times from a timeline perspective, because it'll go forward and then go back and then current. And it's kind of a lot at once. I, I really do. And I, I do totally agree with you. I don't know if we can talk about how we feel about Hell House LLC 2 yet. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I just want to say like, and it kind of, I just want to talk about that because it goes with what you're saying is, what I like so much about the first one is, yeah, it it did so much with so little, and that's also on a, a story front. Is they don't, they, you know, they give you a pretty much a simple haunted house tale, and it's just you know people working within that. Whereas this one, it it does just it convolutes the shit out of it, and there's there's so many more elements and, and characters that that don't that, that seem so over the top that they you can't find any realness in them. Uh, what was the one guy's name? The, the mega Chad, like guy who was summoning the, the demons. And Oh the, yeah. Uh, I know you're talking. He, he's basically like the, the TV personality, yeah, like the ghost but, adventure guy. 
Yeah, and, and it's just he's he's so over the top, and it's it's like some stuff like that where it's just it's very off putting because I, I did like how you know basically straightforward that first one is, and and like I will say is that I like I do like the first one so much, but yeah, the second one it it still has some okay elements, or but I find the third one um it it basically it continues this story and it keeps adding more and more things around it and it, it does feel like this this kind of small concept turns into this over the top like holy war in the third one and it, it just it's a lot and, and um you know if that's what was planned from the start that's totally fine and i can just pick up with the first one being like that's more my speed whereas these two i'm not so, like and and it is the thing but like the one's the best one to is whatever and then three is quite a bit more poor no i i haven't seen the third one yet lake of fire but it's literally mentioned Mm -hmm. in the second movie like it's already about to be coming out like i said steven caganetti already knew what he was doing with this Mm -hmm. trilogy and i kept thinking when watching the second one oh i like this part this is pretty cool this works well but also i'm thinking man i'm 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 and i watched them back to back i was like i'm struggling to like keep the connection from the first one with the second one like it feels like it wants to disconnect while also be connected but it's like yeah you, you can't, don't call it hell house llc then because i'm going to keep thinking about the production company you know and then it shows the like you said the holy war religious aspects of this movie in the second one in the plot twist is kind of interesting and it's kind of tongue-in-cheek um like at the end of the inter- the news interview and of everything the reveal but like it is kind of cringy, but also kind of like, huh? Yeah, like when watching the yeah, yeah, ending okay. of like the reveal <laughs> of the mystery, you know, of everything. But then it's like it really fo- like the movie really was hoping that you remember their like people's names and like parts from the first movie. And that's a testament to maybe not a great one, but it's a testament that you watch them back to back and you're still kind of going. Uh... Um, I applaud I- it. <laughs> I, no, and I, I there's so I have so many positive things to say about this. Like I think that genuinely, it, they did so many well thought out things with this. Like that piano piece that they have, it's oh. it's actually it fits, and and it's rare that you get, you know, for quote unquote like these are your jingles or whatever, and and to actually have a horror movie that had its own little fun one that's recognizable because as soon as I hear that, I know exactly what movie it's from. I think it's it's great that way. Yeah, and it's weird that the kid is playing that same thing in the beginning, and then you hear like a really deep voice out of nowhere being, you know, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like that's really weird. They have they have some real fun stuff like sprinkled in here that that are just kind of, uh, I don't know if it would be like they're playing darts, kind of that cool <laughs> ideas, throwing cool ideas at the board because they sprinkle a lot of cool things in here. It's just right. It's the overarching story itself is is kind of poor for me. Like mm-hmm. I really liked at the start how like the the mom gets these text messages from her son who's been missing for like four years and it's just yeah. like come to the dining room come to the dining room i i thought like stuff like that it's like oh that's cool that's neat little fun things there's so many good ideas on there but yeah like you said they're so short and i swear i they must have been on a time crunch with like costumes because they must have rented out like a, a black cloak for somebody because they throw that all in in the beginning of the movie. They're like, stop the scene. There's somebody with a cloak in the background. Oh, did you not see it? We're going to zoom in times three on this part. Next clip, I, same oh thing. Man. My, my girlfriend was in the room while I was watching too. She was just like studying on her computer. And yeah, that one where they take a picture outside and there's just clearly somebody standing there. Like even she saw it and was like, really? 
because it's, it's just it, there's there's ways that you can do that like you know superimpose it into a window or something that looks a little bit less it, i think it takes away from the scariness of of somebody a cloaked figure when they're just standing on a veranda in the background <laughs> you, like they're not even tucked away really they're just like kind of hanging out yeah, I, I, I thought they, it was weird that there were so many images like that in the beginning of the movie. I was like, chill out with these demons, you know? And and that's what happens eventually is the movie is just more centered on like this demonic aspect of the haunted house versus like ghosts and hauntings like the first one was doing. This one is it like... It becomes way less subtle. Yeah, it's like these people are dead, but like now they're demonic, you know? Like they're more aggressive and stuff. And it's like... Okay. Yeah, like they, yeah, they're like a, a video game character. They, their aggression points went up or something. Yeah, like there was <laughs> there was the, the that couple of fellas who follow that girl. Mm-hmm. They, apparently, they just can't keep up with the girl walking, but she goes into the basement and just turns around and goes spooky mode on them. Which I like at the start, I was like, oh, that's really cool. They're going to the basement again, and then it's it's like, oh, they're she's just standing right there. Like, yeah, a lot of misses, but a few mm-hmm. good hits in this movie is really how I describe well, when, it. When you see the first one, they go down to the basement and they have those those dolls or whatever. Yeah. Or the, you know, and they're the all sitting against, Yeah, they look good. Yeah, the, and that looks great. And you're watching them and you're hoping that they don't turn or whatever. This one, they literally, they give you that same thing as like we're going down the stairs. And instead of having, you know, maybe that person standing with the mannequins or something, it's just literally the character just right there. I don't know. It just, it feels so blunt and like not thought out that way because yeah. you're, like, you're right. It's supposed to be like, I don't know. I felt the first one had a little bit more tact and that maybe it's a little bit just like, it's a haunting too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one just, just feels kind of like vengeful spirits being dicks at a house. Like the, <laughs> the, the one that gets summoned from the, yeah, I think it's, oh, his name, Brock Davies. Yep. The, yeah. When Brock Davies summons them or, or whatever, they're literally just sitting in this, bar area and one of them mm-hmm. just decides like i'm gonna hang them i guess yeah and it, i don't know like it just the focus changes so much like i get it like i guess the guy who made these movies he had a clear director where he wanted to go mm-hmm. he was like okay well i have to do this right now to, to to make it make sense when i make this next movie or whatever but it just it just feels like such a departure like mm-hmm. like it's a full like 180 um like I would, I liked how in the ending of the first one, it did kind of give this idea that like, oh, p- possibly there was a portal of sorts open. There's like this something happened that we don't know about. And the second one, it's like, oh, well, the CEO of the company <laughs> was actually in dire this, debt. And this had, corporate thing. Yeah, he's like he made a deal with me, a devil or something, and yeah. and it's like, huh? <laughs> like we didn't get any of those vibes in the first movie, or what? I hadn't, I mean, I figured he was a struggling business owner, but I figured that was because of the economy in 2015. But um, like nothing, nothing is less scary than than it just turning out to be like basically a backdoor di- business deal with a devil. Come yeah. on, give me some, give me some like you want souls for an army or something. <laughs> not just like we're 500k in debt. Right. And then you find out, and here's where the spoiler I guess I guess is it's like, oh, like we're we're fueling the legend of the Abendale Hotel. Like we we want people to come here so we can like harvest them for our followers and our demonic cults or whatever. <laughs> for followers and likes. Yeah, for clout <laughs> and clout and shares. Yeah, like the devil's running their Facebook group, like you know, their their Reddit. <laughs> In their 4chan groups you know and it's like yeah they have like a weird pyramid scheme going on where it's like you have to get eight people to like this page and 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just, it, it was cool because you got a lot of different types of POVs. Like you got the camcorder, you got a Facebook live part, you get the green screen. Like it feels like there's more money in this one, but it can't really replicate when they get into the hotel. Yeah. The, 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 the found footage aspect like the first one did. And I don't also, know why. I, I, I don't know why they call it a hotel. It does seem like more of like a, uh, a motel or like an airbnb <laughs> i don't know it just even when that guy like sneaks in and and just kind of follow and i know it's obviously it's like a lower budget movie and blah 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 but it's funny kind of funny is i was trying to figure like like the logistics of where they are at the hotel and it just none of it i was just like okay they definitely have a basement <laughs> and, and and then they have this kitchen <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of weird, honestly, like for the construction of a hotel. Mm-hmm. Well, um, when you when you think of like, and I'm assuming this is what the, the writer director is going for, is kind of when you think of like the, the hotel, it's supposed to be kind of like the H.H. Holmes, like, you know, this huge sprawling house and there's secret rooms and stuff like that, you know, and it, it does kind of, it's just like, oh, it's this like three room weird thing. <laughs> Did you, when you watched Hell House LLC too, were you by yourself or, oh, you said you were with your girlfriend, but like, yeah. Uh, I ended up watching it actually three times. We were supposed to record this a little while ago, and just because of you know me being sick, we had to put it off. But like I've watched this three times. The first four times, I guess, since I've watched it three times in preparation for this, and four times overall, which is way more than I've watched the first one, which is the better one. <laughs> okay, because I I was thinking after watching it, I was like, even though this one's not that good compared to the first one, still too, I could still wa- see myself watching these two movies like as background movies and not like yeah. be bothered. You know what I mean? Like there's some horror elements that kind of would spook me. Like again, like I hate the still scenes with like a scary image in the second one. That That's the big thing for them is they, they just do a lot of like, like zero volume still images that are creepy and then like pitch to black you know explanations of what's about to happen a little creepy to me but that's just personally who like what i find creepy so that works but i could see that being it annoying you in some some way yeah but i could see myself like having that in the background in october and like you know making pumpkin spice lattes and you know eating cornbread and uh eating cornbread <laughs> yeah trying to slide in the dms of other podcasters i want for my october month um podcasting but like and I'd have Hell House LLC one or two on there, and I'd be pretty happy. I'm not gonna lie. Even though oh, I, I definitely feel like Hell House, like at least the first one is one where it's like, oh, if you have any interest in like found footage and you haven't seen it, like, hey, that this one's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And and I think that actually maybe is a testament to it in a weird way when we're talking about the fact that there's three of them. Is outside of like Paranormal Activity, how many like found footage movies have a trilogy? Books? yeah or even even a sequel i mean we did mention a couple but it, it is kind of found footage is is more reliant on like this one small story there's not usually like sequel 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 so it is kind of interesting that way that it, it's pretty ambitious to try and make a whole quote-unquote franchise out of that with the trilogy or whatever that's true and you kind of i don't i mean i don't know but like i mean it must be hard to kind of piece how do you keep making these movies connected in some way without mm-hmm. you know making it be the same movie again and i think that's kind of part of the i think that's what made paranormal activity kind of successful in the beginning is like okay you watch the first one it's a good good movie about this couple second one you get a new couple but they're related to the first ones or right. and then you get the third one that's like now this is a sequel to what all happened and stuff well, no that wasn't that one the which is the back in time one where it's like we're in the 80s now oh maybe that's I the third maybe one that's three 
Yeah, but like they do time jumps, but it's like mm-hmm. a little bit different, but it's still the same thing. Say what you want about paranormal activity. They got that recipe down. Um, you know, it's and like Popeye's chicken. Things. It's like, yeah, you know what you, you don't, get. <laughs> you don't get that many movies that came out to a wide audience without it being like, you know, people can say, oh, it's, they're not scary or they're, you know, this or that. But like they're they're well done and they made a lot of them, whether they're good in terms of story wise after a certain point you know who can say but the fact is is that they had so many of them and they were interesting enough like i think i've seen four of them so Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's the thing with this movie it it didn't give itself enough time to kind of do the same thing in a way with the second one like i'm not saying like i wanted the exact same movie with the second one but like Mm -hmm. i feel like they could have made a story stronger connected to the first one instead of being so completely off the rails of the second you know like it is they, they didn't establish their lore well enough and they push it all in the second one. Yeah. It's such a mythological movie with like so many elements to that hotel. I don't, maybe it's just me, but I, I just really like the idea of like, I kind of want to know like what we're dealing with throughout a movie, just in terms of like what you can and can't do. Just, you know, it's, it's like the way of like, okay, we know that the, like, if you have the force, like, it's, like I guess that's a Star Wars <laughs> reference. Like you can't, you know, if you bring somebody back from the dead, you have to be like a Sith. You can't, you know, you can't be a Jedi. Yeah. It's like, there's rules in that sort of thing. So it's not, you know, that there's actual like stakes to whatever you're doing. Like if you're a Jedi and you die, you die versus, you know, and that's, that's how I want to relate to this movie is like the, the first one is a lot more like, ghost and, and the first one uses those those three dummies a lot more and i'm not i'm actually surprised that that one like clown looking one clowns don't really scare me but that thing looks terrifying and i'm surprised it never really picked up in being that kind of like character you know quote unquote that you could recognize you know the kind yeah. of as their logo because yeah, like i know that people like art the clown because he has a lot more personality and and obviously just things he does but i always feel like Hey, the clown from Hell Hell, Hell House, like outside of it, not like talking or anything, like it has a little bit of personality, and I I, I want to see some more artwork from it or something. Like, yeah, like there's a lot of like memorable images in the first one. Like mm-hmm. I, like the um, the basement. Like there is a lot of scenes in the basement and like the POV, like um, the camera is like there in front of the person talking and you can see their door opening. And like, even though nothing's going to happen behind him with the red light on, you kind of are afraid maybe something's going to walk up on him. You know, you get those kind of cool things in the first one. The second one, it's just like, we're going to this house. Oh my God, we're in this house. Um, we got to run away. There's some, there's, uh, you see yeah, more. There's no the rules one. to the house. It's like uh, the house can, can summon people. Um, mm-hmm. depending on, on like where in the conversation they're talking, you know, what I, like they, they pick their points to come in and mm-hmm. I don't know, they, they like don't really chase you, but they always can be near. I don't know. They have like Michael Myers rules for it. <laughs> and I, you know, and I guess that I shouldn't be complaining because yeah, it's like the Michael Myers thing. He can just be whatever and do whatever, but I don't know. feel like with something like this. I just, I wanted a little bit more rules yeah. of what's going on. I feel like well, I'm glad I watched the second one. I'm I'm going to watch the third one. Uh, but man, I can't help but feel already after the sequel. I'm like, man, I feel like there's missed opportunities for this. Mm-hmm. You know, like I haven't seen this movie. Uh, Philip Yount from. Oh, sorry, oh, Philip. <laughs> Philip Yount, who was a guest on our podcast, and we talked about. Um, uh, we talked about um, got a Godzilla movie. 
um, he was talking about this one found footage movie called, um, and he's from the dead ringers podcast. Sorry. He, uh, he talked about this one movie with, uh, one of the Duplass, but I think it was Mark Duplass who was in it. He, it's called Ooh. creep and creep two. They're on Netflix and, Oh, have you um, never seen those? No, I haven't. And he. Oh, I think you'd really like those, dude. I'm surprised you haven't seen those. Okay. Yeah, that's what that's what he said. And uh, I feel like watching the trailers for those movies. That's all I've done so far is just watch trailers for them to get mm-hmm. hyped. I feel like that's kind of like you know how the Hell House movies could be like in a way, like where it's like they seem watching the trailers for Creep One and Two, and I, I shouldn't be basing movies based on trailers, but it seems like it's more f- seamless in like the type of movies those are, but like, and I think obviously because you haven't seen them, but I can kind of fill in the blank of like, I'm, I'm kind of picking up what you're laying down is because I've seen these. Um, the first one, it lays down all these rules. So when you watch the second one, it's, it's trying to figure out ways around these, which, you know, um, I think that's kind of maybe what hell house was lacking is instead of taking any rules that it did play with in the first one, it just, added a ton more in the second one <laughs> yeah it, it does feel like like honestly and i know we keep coming back to like oh it was a plan to be a trilogy from the start but it's like after you watch that first one it doesn't feel like it just feels like oh we just left it right there i had a lot of fun mm-hmm. yeah and uh I, again like it does have a little bit of like the news trying to figure out the story in the first mm-hmm. one but not as heavy as the second one is like um it does really push this world building um out a lot with the other like non-important characters relationship with the hotel which can some work to an extent but it is just i've never seen a movie like hell house 2 and like the way it it, it tries to build the lore for this in the sequel it's weird it, it, it is very interesting and it, it yeah it, it does seem more focused on just these little moments of oh this is scary versus having any it, it does feel like any buildup that they have it pays off immediately yeah if you're if you know if you're going to go in the basement you're going to get attacked right away if mm-hmm. you if you are a dingus and you summon a demon it's going to attack you like you know it is there's no there's no buildup or like cut back and forth like oh we shouldn't have done this it does you know even um when they they have the door closed on them and they're trying to like beat that up like it, it just it feels like it just immediately is like okay let's go do something else instantly there's no like build up or carryover i don't know it's just that definitely frustrated me it's frustrating this movie could have been a lot better is what it really is and it's weird like to be on like you know listening to this podcast and like i try to find we've tried to find good with a lot of sequel movies and and stuff but i'm not gonna say here and say like hell house llc 2 is like phenomenal or it's better than the first because i i don't think it is but i i do feel like I was curious enough after watching that first one to go and watch the sequel. And after oh, watching the sequel, I, I'm like, and I yeah, mean, okay, like, I'm good. You're still going to go watch the third one, mm-hmm. which speaks for itself. The fact that you have seen these two and you're going to, you want to finish the story. And I, and I felt the same way is that, I'm you know, invested. I, yeah. As, as, as different as, and I'm sure there's people out there who like, are like, wow, two is way better than one. And that's totally, it's like, we all got something out of there to be invested in the third one. And I think that that is really novel that you could, have something like that because you Mm -hmm. do want to see what happens yeah and it's like a movie that's being crowned is one of the best found footage movies in years with the first one um it kind of falls like most of its predecessors with found footage movies and their sequels you know so Mm -hmm. a tragic tale honestly for the sequel sequel films and the found footage genre um at least in my eyes but um yeah and i think we'll leave it there with hell hell house 2 is watch the first one for god's sakes please watch that first one it's i I really enjoyed that movie it's really good it holds up 
And uh, if you like it enough, like if you're like, oh, I want to make Hell House kind of like my thing, then watch the second one. And then we'll see if you should watch the third one because I haven't seen it yet. But uh, um, I'm curious to see what, I don't think maybe, I feel like a lot of people stop after the first movie for some for, for depending on the genre and stuff i feel like people are like eh, i don't need to see it again or a sequel and, or and honestly that's that's not even just like the fault of hellhouse that's also just like i said before like a, that's a found footage thing mm-hmm. not a lot of people are gonna be like yeah i want to watch found footage part two of whatever and that's just that's how people are yeah it's like i've watched wreck and i'm like oh i want to watch wreck two but then so we were like oh but i don't want to watch wreck three genesis like what <laughs> is that you know <laughs> just to knock that movie just a little bit Fuck you, Genesis. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, uh, Boozy, what do you got going on, man? Like, you know, you, you've been, you weren't on the last Terror Table episode. When are you going to be hopping back on there again? Um, you know, we, we always Hopefully like to keep soon. We, we, uh, we do have some stuff recorded that's going to get dropped here. Had some fun, fun video or uh, fun podcast episodes coming up. Um, like, all of us have a lot going on right now. As you mm-hmm. can see, like, go over to our page and check out what's going on. Like, bunch of huge stuff we have like with mitch and his kickstarter and everything mm-hmm. and that is going to be huge um and yeah i'm just i'm on my own account posting memes you know laying low so that's that's pretty much it like i don't have a lot to plug just check out the terror table if you like horror movies at all or yeah um you know we're, we're, we're fun i guess yeah so speaking of that with mitch he's working on a short film um called the druid's hand i believe Druid's hand, yes and uh he's has a kickstarter donate to that share it and stuff we're all very proud of him and we're excited for him i think it looks pretty schmexy with that blonde hair now too oh totally you know what and the thing is is i did that like years ago i dressed up one year as uh do you ever hear the story no i dressed up as ryan gosling from drive one year for halloween for a show that like mitch was playing so it was like uh-huh. i was there dressed up cool. like ryan gosling and the whole time like this happened for probably like a couple months after is you just call me Luca Bagnata the whole time. <laughs> and and it's just like, okay, now, now's your, you know, your turn. It's your turn to feel this pain. <laughs> do you, I feel like since you have longer hair than Mitch and you, if you dyed it blonde, did you do the whole Dolph Ziggler thing where you like, you brush your hair all the way back and then throw the sweat from your hair and grease at everyone? Dolph Ziggler is the the greatest um, example of like just pretend to be somebody else hard enough and you can get somewhere. Like he, he's it's just like dollar store Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, sorry, and I like Dolph Ziggler, but it's just he just steals his gimmick. Yes, uh, and I and I appreciate you, Boozy, being on here to share and understand these references pertaining to the WWE. It's it's really nice and it's a breath of fresh air. So I, yeah. And it's, I'm sorry that I took so much of your time, but it's just like, as soon as someone <laughs> wants to talk to wrestling about me, especially like old, like older wrestling, I love it. You want to talk about the ruthless aggression era? Oh, Fantastic. All right. Well, my hands are getting sweaty. Cause like I, I we needed, <laughs> yeah, if we, we need to do a, a, a wrestling podcast where it's you, Nathan Jones and I, um, and it, we just talk a bunch of shit about like the early 2000s early that be, 90s just, yeah just spitting game like we can talk about like matches we like and shit and it's kind of like this podcast like people are like always wondering like why does chris like always act like he's so happy to talk about these sequel movies all the time and it's like well you know it's not much work but it's all it's good it's good work you know i'm <laughs> like i hate my own show <laughs> i definitely think you at some point should do an episode on stepfather too 
very Step- solid two B choice. Ooh, Stepfather it's, two. Yeah, there's Stepfather. There's a trilogy of Stepfather films all on on Tubi, and it's uh, various stages of quality. Can't wait to be a stepfather myself at some point in my life. So <laughs> you're just gonna sw- you'd be a great stepfather. You're gonna yeah, in, I, I just slugger. Yeah, like I just don't want to spread my seed in the world. You know, That's like right. I just... you want to take care of someone else's kid <laughs> that they don't want. Yeah, I just want to be you know that one guy who just decides not to want to have kids. No, I, I totally get it. It's like, it's like adopting a dog. that's like already a year old, <laughs> you, know, you know, like you got past like the teething stage. Like, <laughs> I'll take it from here. Yeah. Uh, well, th- Boozy, thank you so much for the kind words. Thank and... you for having me. Uh, I, I, I love talking to you. Whenever I, whenever I hear from you, I'm so excited. Yes. Like I, I, I do my best to take care of my boys. So whenever you, you have t- another also, movie, I, I love that everything like, you it's like if something's going good it's goaded just instantly like i love you <laughs> just throw that around I, I love that yeah i i'm still convinced more than half our listeners on here don't understand any of the slangs or lingos except maybe you or mitch and daniel partially because he hears it all the time <laughs> but uh, we will keep that trend going eh? because um boozy we had so much fun having you on here again and uh this like yeah if you ever want to be back on here again man like respectfully just let us know and i think that you know and we're gonna have you on again soon when we get rolling like right now we're taking a little bit of time with everything else just Mm -hmm. it's hard to record but like we'll get you back on because i i really do i think that this is um we've kind of all created this this amazing little community um and it's been great it's been great to watch that happen is all these other podcasts we're all just connecting and, and everybody's like doing so good and and i feel like it's all just beneficial of everybody getting to talk with each other and and, and exploring all these different things like i i, I love that yeah and like, how often do i get to talk to somebody who like lives in the states about wrestling like, <laughs> yeah. uh but boozy thank you so much um if you want to follow boozy i mean you're on twitter you're gonna have to let everyone know what your handles are because uh they're really great oh, but they're God. very hard to remember. um I know. I, it's funny. It's like I make myself like hard to find just because I'm like, whatever. I just I like posting dumb shit. Um, <laughs> I think my Twitter is Blue Crush fan, Blue Crush 2 fan, I, I think. Um, and then, yeah, my Instagram is Night of Living Deadlift. And there's just underscores between each words just yes. to make it a pain in the ass. And do, and make sure to be there on Wednesdays and on Fridays for all Wednesdays the best Fridays are, yeah, are the best times. It will get, get you revved up for the day. Yeah. Well, Boozy, you, you fucked up. You should have smoked that shit because now you're on an episode of Inside the Sequel. Um, but thank you so much for being on, man. And thank you all for listening. If you uh, like this episode, give us a like. Give us a follow. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes. We have our website at Inside the Sequel. Um, if you should go back, if you missed last week's episode where we talked about Neighbors 2 with Daniel, Steph, um, and Ge- Seth Garrett, and that was an amazing time, uh, go check that one out. Uh, and then don't, you know, if you, you can't wait, I'm going to let you know. It's already been announced, but um, we're going to have Chris Bowie from YouTube. He's going to be on to talk about National Treasure 2 to wrap up the month. But thank you all for listening. And remember, if you aren't giving found footage films a chance, do you really care about cinema? Anyway, we'll see you next time.